0: Welcome to this week's tour of Disney Conversations, I'm your host, Magical Matthew, and on this week's tour, we're going to take a look at some of the Disney urban legends that we've heard about for many years, and along with tour guide Mindy Muir, we're going to talk about what we think might be true, what we think makes a good story, and what we think is completely crazy. We discuss things including Pirates of the Caribbean at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland, All the way through to the possibility of Disney using some mind control. So we're glad you're along for this excursion. Sit back. Enjoy the ride. All aboard.
1: Welcome back, tourists. This is
0: Magical Matthew speaking, and on this edition of Disney Conversations, I've got along with me tour guide Mindy Muir. Hello, Mindy. How are
1: you? Hello. It's good to be on with you. I'm so excited. I think
0: I've picked an interesting topic, and when I first put it out there, I asked everybody if we could fill a show with this, and you assured me that we could. So, this is on you today.
1: Oh, geez. Okay. The pressure, the pressure.
0: I went through and looked up a few, and some that I already knew about, and some I didn't. But I have a feeling you're going to know more about some of these than I do. So, we're going to talk (laughs) about the Disney urban legends, both for Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Whether they're true or not, we don't care. It's something to talk about, it's interesting somewhat adds to the story and some of the exhibits that we're talking about and stuff you know so I just thought it'd be fun to talk about and I think we should go ahead and get the easy one out of the way first tell us about the cats at Disneyland
1: (laughs) Disneyland cats what can I say about the Disneyland cats let me start with a story (laughs) okay of course now this is gonna make you laugh Because it's silly when I look back and think about it, but oh my gosh, palm to form head moment, okay? It's true, there are Disneyland cats that roam the parks. They even have names. There are very famous ones, there's one especially in DCA. Everybody loves him, he's a big fluffy black and brown cat. And there's ones in Disneyland, but they keep them there and they actually feed them to take care of the rodent population. And it's true, Disneyland has been there for a very long time and it does have rodents just like everywhere else. So the cats help and they feed them, they take care of them, they make sure they're neutered and spayed and a vet comes, takes care of them. But they were getting out of control so that's why they have them spayed and neutered and they're housing them. So Disneyland, if you don't remember, they had the Skyway. That would go from one Mm -hmm. end of the park to the other and through the monorail or through the Matterhorn, excuse me. Right. At the the, the main area over in Fantasyland up the stairs, you can still see the stairs that you'd walk up, which is not ADA compliant these days, insert. (laughs) Um, You'd have to walk up these stairs to get to the Skyliner and there was a building. Well, they kept the cats in there and there were a lot of them. We've seen pictures of them. Yes, they are real. They roam the parks. Usually they come out at night. They're nocturnal. But every now and again, you see a cat. Well, here's the story full circle. So we go on my favorite fantasy land attraction, which is Storybook Land Canal Boats. It's my favorite attraction, hands down. It's so magical sitting on the boat, hearing the water splash by and hearing the little tiny houses and they sing and it's just serene and when at night when it's all lit up and these little tiny houses are all lit up and you see all the lights and it's so magical well we were passing by the mountain that has Cinderella's castle on it and up at the top Cinderella's castle and there's the pumpkin that's up there and it's like oh it's midnight and the pumpkin's turning into a a, you know back from a coach and up on this mountain is this raccoon. And it's sitting there and I'm freaked out. I'm like, dude, Brandon, there's a raccoon. And it's going up the side of that mountain on <laughs> on the uh, storybook land canal boats. And I turn around and I see it jump. And I'm like, oh, why is there a raccoon? And then I stop and think, oh, it's just a Maine Coon cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're very, very big. I giggle because we have two Maine Coons And Mm -hmm. twice now, our neighbors have come knocked on our door and say, a raccoon jumped in your backyard, because they're really big. Right. (laughs) So, yes, there are cats at Disneyland. They do exist. They are not raccoons. They're actually (laughs) kitty cats. So, what have you heard about the cats?
0: I don't know if they have them at Disney World as well, but it would make sense. Yeah? Because it's a natural form of maintaining the rodent population now disneyland makes a lot of sense to me because that was open fields when walt started there right so you would naturally have rodents in the fields and i think you probably would have some of those same rodents or similar rodents in the middle of a swamp which is what walt started with Mm -hmm. i don't mind them and you don't see them during the day at least not usually so it's really interesting how they're able to make that
1: work right
0: so the the kitties don't bother me i I like cats. I can't be around them too much anymore because they make me breathe funny.
1: Oh no! Don't come to my house.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've already thought about that.
1: We're cat. We're cat people, so not by not by choice. It just was accidental. But we're cat people, and I get it. Right. But cats at Disneyland are real. They're the cutest little things, and we just we just love them. They can stay.
0: All right. Next on my list, Waltz. Frozen head.
1: <laughs> you take this one.
0: <laughs> well, we've all heard the stories that Walt was in the cryogenics. He was always forward thinking and what the future might bring and everything. But the question is was it real? And I think the answer, obviously, is not even close. I read through an article. Walt was cremated. Right after he died, which would have been December 15th, 1966. I remember that day. (laughs) And his ashes are laid to rest at Forest Lawn in Glendale.
1: Which I have been to, and I went just a few weeks ago, so I can confirm that he's not cryogenically frozen.
0: Yeah, so I don't know who started that rumor or how that came to be. Well, it ain't true, folks. It just ain't true. Now, there are some people say that they've used that as a model for one of the the grinning ghosts in the Haunted Mansion.
1: Yes. And I'll tell you why, though, because he looks like him. I know. Thurl Ravenscroft is who they get confused with Walt because he does look like him.
0: Yeah, they do have very similar features in a lot of ways, with one exception. I think Thurl Ravenscroft's voice was an octave or two
1: lower than Walt's. A little bit. (laughs) <laughs> just thinking
0: all right here's one that i think you may know something about i hope you do oh pressure's <laughs> on
1: pressure's on
0: yes the pressure's on i hear there's a story about walt's lamp at the
1: firehouse there is so <clears throat> clear my voice for this one now remind me is there a does walt have an apartment at magic kingdom
0: not a not in orlando no
1: okay i was just sure. disneyland just okay. disneyland so you have to come see it just i guess i never paid attention when i was in magic kingdom
0: oh that 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 tour is on my bucket list when i come out there you're taking me on that tour
1: uh, let's do it yes <laughs> go inside walt's apartment so there's a tour you can take it's 190 now but it's walk in walt's footsteps is what it's called and you can go take the tour of walt all this history and it ends going inside walt's apartment so walt had an apartment built So he could literally stay at Disneyland and be in the parks just with his people and look out the window and people watch. And he took his grandkids up there, but it's right above the fire station. And Walt was a big kid. Let's get real. Disneyland was his big playground. He built it so he could drive a train and slide down (laughs) the fire. He had a fire pole that he would slide down. And it was part of his, his apartment. So he could just leave real quick. Well... What happened was kids decided to crawl up the fire pole. And he's like, where did you come from? We just crawled up the fire pole. We didn't know where this went. They're like, oh, well, <laughs> they're going to have to shut that off. So it's all closed up now. Yeah, But it's still there. So here's the funny thing. Lillian designed all the furniture inside this apartment. It's very regal and red and velvet. And if you think of Victorian velvet, red and gold, that's mm-hmm. really the... The pulled decor from Lillian's thing. She loved Victorian decor and the vintage antiques, which is why the lily bell is that same way as well. Red, velvet, and gold. Well, they're red velvet couches that turn into a bed so Walt could sleep there. There's a bathroom that's pink. has <laughs> a pink tile. <laughs> if you think of the 50s, that's what it yeah. looks like. There's a little shower in there. But in the window, he had a lamp. Well, as time went on, the lamp, he would leave it on to let people know he was in the park. So it would stay on and they'd look up, oh, Walt's here. Well, after his passing, they decided, you know what? We're going to use this lamp and let people know that Walt's always in the park. So the lamp has been burning and it's been on ever since that day of his Mm -hmm. passing. It's never been turned off. However... Back in about 1997, they kind of redid Walt's apartment. They didn't refurbish it or anything. They just cleaned it, did a massive cleaning, like things like that. But they replaced this lamp to a green hurricane lamp. And this is a true story. And I'm not going to say who it was, but there was a famous celebrity that went inside <laughs> this apartment and knocked off the lamp. Oops. Oops. <laughs> And they're like, oh, my gosh, I just broke Walt's lamp. Like, what happened? And it didn't ever go out. So that was the big thing. They didn't want it to turn off. So Mm -hmm. it didn't turn off. They just put it back up there. But as time went on, this very lamp stayed on this table. And one day, a little not too long ago, this different lamp shows up inside of the window. Now it's a ball. If you think of a sphere, a glass sphere with flowers on it. It's pink. And this glass sphere is a hurricane double bubble lamp, is what they're like. They're very Victorian and Regal.
0: I, I know what that is. We used so to have one.
1: I so here's the thing. So what happened is they decided to make it more time period piece because the lamp that they got and they put in there was from nineteen nineties. Which was not oh, a wow. Victorian lamp. No, no, no. It was just close. a remake. So they thought, you know what, we need to put it back the way it was. So they found some pictures of Walt's original apartment and what was in front of the window. And they found a lamp that was very, very, very similar, maybe even a replica. But they put it in front of the window. So that's what you see burning now. It looks like a like if you look at it, it looks like a pink globe. <laughs> but mm. it's a it's a round lamp. So when that happened, before it went crazy and people were like, oh, my gosh, Walt's Lamp, because everybody wanted a replica of Walt's Lamp, I jumped on eBay and I immediately purchased a double globe pink floral lamp exactly to the T of the one that's inside of Walt's apartment now. (laughs) And I own that very said lamp. So I bought it before everybody else. And I got it for like thirty eight bucks and now they go for like four or five hundred. I kid you not. And they're called Walt Disney's Replica Lamp. <laughs> so anyway, the lamp is real.
0: The minute you put the Disney name on it, it uh, the right. price quadruples price and then some.
1: It does. Yeah. So I do have I am honored to have a replica of this said lamp, but they do it and I am honored because every time I go to Disneyland, no matter how many times I go, Right before we leave, we take a trip around from Main Street Station all the way around on the train. And then as soon as we're done, I blow a kiss to Walt and I say goodnight. And I say goodnight to the lamp and I leave the park every single time. I do not leave Mm -hmm. without blowing a kiss to Walt Disney's lamp. It just... Walt walked in that park and you can feel it.
0: One of the stories I heard about it was that way back in the early days, shortly after Walt died, there was a housekeeper that kept that apartment clean. And part of her duty was to turn that lamp off at the end of the day when she was done. So the story goes that she did that. She went downstairs to leave. She walked out into the the street in front of the firehouse and she looked up. And the lamp was glowing again. That's right. So she just thought maybe she forgot about it. So she went back up and turned it out, went back outside, and it was on again. And she told her superiors about that. And somewhere along the way, somebody said, well, that's Walt's spirit telling us to leave the light on. And that's how that got started. That's what the story said. Again, don't know if it's true, but it makes a good story.
1: <laughs> it does make a good story. Okay,
0: let's see what's next. Ah. Um, I'm going to let you take the Disneyland Pirates story and I'll take the Walt Disney World Pirates story. Did you know they both have their own stories?
1: I do, and I'm going to tell you about the one at Disneyland.
0: Absolutely, please do.
1: Okay. Many people are so to speak, they kind of get that take this urban myth and run with it and it's funny because you will hear (laughs) you just chuckle at some of the things you hear at Disneyland and one of which I'm riding on you know sailing away going along on a wonderful trip around Disneyland's famous (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean attraction and I hear this lady from behind me those guys guess what Those are all real skeletons. I'm like, oh, (laughs) dear gracious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I was like biting my tongue, not wanting to turn, like wanting to turn around going. "Okay, I get what you're saying, but yes and no. So let's 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 clarify this urban myth, shall we? Absolutely. Does Disneyland have real skeletons in it? What do you think?
0: Well, according to what I've read, it used to be a yes.
1: <laughs> okay. What happened is the ride originally envisioned as a walk through wax museum. Okay. Walt mm-hmm. Disney wanted this. He After the World's Fair, he was just on a runaway success. Everything that he touched turned to gold. He had debuted audio, audio animatronics through the carousel of progress. And then he had great moments with Mr. Lincoln. So he's like, we need to make some more. We need to have a, just a ton of amazing animatronics. What could we do? So Mm -hmm. Walt decides to employ the same technique for Disneyland and it's pirates attraction. So he comes up with this iconic attraction, runaway success, you know, moving a number of people through an experience and calling it a pirate system. Well, They thought of this and they're like, what are we going to do? So the ride opened after Walt passed. And there was one last thing that he personally oversaw. Building the ride involved close collaboration between a machine shop and the animatronics team. They sculpted the wardrobe. They had the sculpting department and the wardrobe department. And Alice Davis sewed the costumes for it. And she made two costumes for every single animatronic. if one broke down she'd have a backup and glad they did because there's a story about that and that's a whole other topic but there was always a backup for each animatronic that she sewed costumes for she didn't even ask they had a budget and she went way over it she just ordered extra fabric she's like nope they need a backup (laughs) and Walt's like thank you so much you thought ahead and I'm, i'm so appreciative that you did that so inside this attraction one thing the Imagineers could not recreate were the skeletons, okay? They could—they had all this technology. They were like nailing real life people and animatronics, but dang it, they could not create a sophisticated enough thing to make a skeleton look real. So they they, they were like, they did not take classes on realism, I guess. I don't know. So instead of faking it, the Imagineers went to find the real thing. They went straight to UCLA where they procedure real human skeletons for the attraction. Okay? It's true. It didn't last forever, though, because after that king had happened, eventually as fake skeleton technology improved, well, guess what? They felt it was a little appropriate to have real dead bodies laying about. <laughs> so these, re- these were replaced with the real ones. And the real ones were later returned to their countries of origin and given a proper burial. However, there's a scene and it's about midway through and over to the left. It's in the captain's quarters. Above the bed, mm-hmm. you will see a skeleton and two crossbones that make an X. So if you think of a skeleton head, that's what it looks like. But the skull looks totally different than the rest of the skeletons in the attraction. This is the only real skeleton that still exists inside of the Pirates of the Caribbean. So do they have real skeletons? No. Did they? Absolutely. Do they have one? Correct. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. (laughs) So yes, there is one.
0: And I suspect that one of the reasons they had to work on developing the fake ones is because human remains, bone or not, continue to decay over time. And I saw a picture of the the skull in the headboard, and you can tell that it hasn't aged well. It's a completely different color. They've said said a couple of the teeth have fallen out. Oh, yeah.
1: It definitely looks different. You can tell it's different.
0: I can't help but wonder if that doesn't add to the
1: smell of the water. (laughs) That's a whole other urban myth. So we're going to save for that one.
0: (laughs) All right. So we're going to swing to the Disney World version. And the myth there is that during construction, one of the workers died. Now, there's no details as to how or where he died, they think it happened while he was in the attraction doing whatever he was doing there's no proof to that one way or the other but they've come to realize that they think his spirit still dwells there apparently he forgot to move to the haunted mansion because there's still room for one he decided to stay at disney world's version of pirates of the caribbean so when the cast members come in the morning they're supposed to say good morning george Cause that was the guy's name when they go home at night, good night, George, keep an eye on things for us. So now when the attraction goes down, they look around and try to figure out who didn't say good morning to George. And I find that funny because <laughs> <laughs> now the thing is there's no records of this ever happening. There's no records of anybody named George actually working <laughs> on the construction of the project. There's no historical record showing that he died on location. (laughs) That part doesn't surprise me because Disney has a good way of making those kind of details
1: disappear. Very true.
0: And I don't know what your viewpoint of the afterlife is. Is this possible? I don't know. But once again, it adds a cool story to the whole attraction.
1: Whole new elements.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to have to remember next time I'm in there to say hello to
1: George. Or the attraction might break down.
0: I don't want him sinking my boat. Not in that water. (laughs) Right?
1: (laughs) We want to be able to float through and make it to the other end. Absolutely. All right. I hear
0: there's a myth about the hearse at the Disneyland version (laughs) of Haunted Mansion.
1: There is. So what have you heard? Let's let's go there first.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I... I think I heard what you actually said when we started chatting about this the potential of it once carrying Brigham Young's body.
1: So, a lot of people think that Brigham Young's hearse is parked outside the Haunted Mansion. And who is Brigham Young? I'm LDS. I'm Mormon. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Brigham Young was an LDS. Prophet, back in our you know a long time ago, when our church first uh, was restored, um, mm. he walked us across the plains. All the pioneers, he came was one of the first ones to go to Utah. Well, after he died, he obviously had a burial, but they think this is his hearse. Now, it is a real hearse. I'll I'll give it that. Okay, if you look inside. There is actually a blood stain of bodily fluid inside this hearse that you can very, very, very well see. It is real. This hearse has been completely restored and it's gorgeous. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the legend surfaces from a time you know of myths and hearses is parked outside the haunted mansion, which was used as the funeral of the Mormon leader Brigham Young. Uh, dozens okay. of websites claim that this white hearse, which sits outside of this attraction, was carried, carried the body of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, second prophet, which was Brigham Young. And this actually is not true. <laughs> okay. It's just <laughs> not. So it's been debunked. It's not his real hearse. I don't know where they came up with this, but it, it it's mm. never been. <laughs> it's never been. It never will be. No matter what they say it is, it's just not.
0: And there really aren't any stories about the one at Haunted Mansion Walt Disney World, except for the fact that it is the one that was used in the Sons of Katie Elder, which, if I remember correctly, was a John Wayne movie. Yeah. That's all there is on that. There really isn't a whole lot else to talk
1: about. So the history is the hearse was brought to Disneyland in the early 90s, from a Malibu antiques dealer called, his name was Dell Rickards. So the hearse, it was originally intended for Indiana Jones themed stunt show, which never made it to, uh, never made it come to be. So Imagineer, I was
0: going to say I've never heard of that.
1: Yeah, Bob Berenick, <laughs> he proposed that they use the hearse for the outside of the haunted mansion, believing that mm. the hearse on its own didn't make enough sense to the story. So then Tony Baxter, who's the Imagineer said, hey, let's hitch the hearse to a girdle and make it look like it's floating midair. So there's a, you know, a, a ghost horse sitting there, a, you know, phantom horse mm. wearing it. And Tony Baxter was inspired by the gimmicking toy, which made it look like, remember those leash? I loved them as a kid. I was like, oh, how is that dog walking around? It was a little leash dog. I had one. I loved it. Yeah. I got one of those when I was a kid at Disneyland. Everybody had one walking around Main Street. I yep. had to have one. We went into the magic shop and I was like, I am not leaving unless I have a magic dog leash. It was hilarious. (laughs) I can't believe they don't sell them anymore. They should bring those back. They'd be a hit. They probably would. So that's where the idea came from. And it's found outside of New Orleans Mansion. It's bone white. It's decorated with, you've never seen it. It's ornate carvings around its windows. It you look into it, there's a casket area revealing a sign from the Haunted Mansion Ghost Relations Department, and it says something to the fact of like res- reservations accepted, something like Relations Department of Disneyland don't do not apply in person. Like it's a really funny little sign, <laughs> <laughs> and it appears to be sitting on the Phantom Horse. So every so often, the horse plays an audio track of the horse. Want Winnie is his name, but this horse. Is there. So it's it's not really <laughs> Brigham Young's hearse. It never was and it never will be. But that's the story of the hearse.
0: Well, this next one actually applies to both parks. And it's not so much an urban myth as something that did happen from time to time that is sorely frowned upon. And that is people smuggling in the cremated remains of their loved ones. Hmm. And spreading them around the Haunted Mansions. Okay. Now, I could understand, to be honest, I wouldn't mind if my ashes were spread around one of the Haunted Mansions because they're cool. (laughs) You know, it is an issue because, (laughs) first of all, it's kind of illegal to do in almost any state without some kind of supervision involved. But not only that, I mean, it's against Disney policy. They have caught people... That have been spreading the ashes, and they have escorted them out of the parks. I don't know if they get a lifetime ban or not. They do. Yeah, I I, I can it's see where they could.
1: prohibited. So they yeah. actually have their own code word for this because it happens mm-hmm. more than we think, and it it is so odd uh, like I don't want to say every day, but it happens especially in Pirates of the Caribbean. It just happened. A woman was spotted on the Pirates ride, scattering powdery substance into the water at Disneyland. And then, you know, following the ride, they had to close down the ride. The police came. It's just, it's silly. People need to understand that it's a growing problem because people are like, I want to be buried at Disneyland. When I die, go throw my ashes in there. And they're like, okay. Yeah. But it's a serious problem. And I'll tell you this much. The Haunted Mansion is very, very popular to want to have that thousandth ghost placed in and let it be you. But I promise you, I'm going to tell you this and I'll tell you this because I know it's true. I sew costumes. Okay. I am a nerd to my core. Right hand up. Okay. I'm just going to admit it. I'm a nerd. I do cosplay and my whole thing is if my costume does not look better then a cast members, and I don't get mistaken for a cast member at a Halloween party. I didn't do my job. Okay. So I made this elaborate evil queen costume. I mean, it was like 10th degree evil queen. Okay. And I love it. It's my favorite costume in the whole wide world. And I love to wear it to the to the uh, Halloween party. When I wear it, they don't mind. And that's why she's that's why Edna says, no capes. <laughs> no capes. Mm -hmm. Because I went on the Haunted Mansion and I didn't know it, but the attraction kept stopping and it would stop and it would stop. And finally, the lights come on and they said, hey, guests, can you please look outside of your doom buggy and make sure nothing is touching the floor? Lights come on. I look over. I look down. And what's barely touching the floor is two inches of my cape. It is that sensitive that it will turn the attraction off if anything touches the floor. So, wow, it does work. That's,
0: that's like that's uh-huh. like a whisper hitting a sensor. Whisper
1: hitting a sensor. It's so sensitive, it will stop the attraction. It was me. I did it. Oops. Yep. My <laughs> bad. Never did it again. So, now I wrap up my cape up into my arm to make sure it doesn't yep. ever fall over again. But we've been going to the haunted... You know, Halloween party for 12 years now going on actually 15 years. So it does happen. They cannot throw the ashes down. It sets off alarms. People know it. They have to bring in. It's called the code HEPA, HEPA code. And mm-hmm. they will call in, shut down the attraction and it's closed. They have to have people come in and literally clean it with contamination. So it's, it's a HEPA hazard yeah. it's it's not something like oh get the yeah. broom and sweep it up it's a body
0: yeah or it was
1: it was
0: <laughs> so folks if that's something you're thinking of doing don't don't
1: <laughs> i would love to be buried at disneyland and don't get me wrong like take a little bit of ashes throw it into you know rivers of america let me go woohoo! but don't do it i'd love to be buried at disneyland nope. but it's just not worth it
0: nope all right the last one that we're going to talk about i just found this somewhere and this could lend itself to a very interesting conversation it's been recently reported that disney is using methods of mind control in their <laughs> parks and resorts oh gosh so let's be honest there may be some truth there to may this
1: be one. some truth to this though
0: because after all why do we smell certain things when we enter a park smell technology what's the what's 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 the key to that you know smell technology why do buildings look bigger than they truly are
1: Mine technology. think of cinderella's
0: castle you know it's only a few feet short of needing a beacon on the top of it for aircraft, but it looks like it ought to be there and why do we as addicts spend insane amounts of money to feed our habits i don't know about you but it makes me want to go hmm this one may not be too far off the truth yep because let's face it For those of us that are Disney addicts, all of this is true. Are we under mind control? No, not really. I mean, I don't have to spend that $80 on a spirit jersey. I don't have to, or do I? (laughs) Our friend Diane is at Disney World right now on a two-week vacation, and every time she turns around, she's talking about buying more DVC points.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, right?
0: You know, so... Yes, there may be some truth of that, but here's the reason why it's true, folks. To us, it's like going home, or in my case, it's better than being home. Right. It's what we love. And and yeah, we go to the parks a lot, but it's because our Disney love goes beyond the parks. Right. If they didn't, you and I wouldn't be sitting here talking right now. Exactly. There are a lot of podcasts out there to prove this point. There's product out there, some of it legitimate, some of it not so much, but still Disney in its truest form. We've got Disney Plus, and I don't know a Disney addict that doesn't have that. Whether we watch it that much or not, it's still there. So, is Disney using methods of mind control? I don't think they're actively doing that. Powers a suggestion maybe. Because when you walk, you know, you walk in I don't know if Disneyland is like this, but I'm going to guess it is. You walk under the train station, enter the park, and what's the first thing you smell? Fresh popcorn.
1: And that's from the Smellitzers.
0: Exactly. But if you look around, there's not necessarily a popcorn cart parked right there. Right. Sometimes there is, but not always. But it makes you want to go find that popcorn. You walk by the confectionery. You smell candy. It could be chocolate, could be vanilla, could be anything they want it to be. They can change them out. But that's to make you want to walk into the confectionery and spend money. So it's not really mind control per se. We're not being held under a hypnotic trance against our will. But is it true that they use methods to help pull us in? Absolutely.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: That's all I've got, Mindy. You got anything to add?
1: i could go on but i think that would make for round two like there's so many urban (laughs) legends (laughs) i could just keep going so we'll stop it here this is a fun topic though i love i love talking urban legends with you
0: this was fun this was fun so
1: all right tourists we're gonna go ahead and shoot out of here
0: but we will be catching up with you again next time
1: later gator
0: Mindy and I want to thank you for listening to Disney Conversations this week. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. Just a reminder that 2023 packages for Walt Disney World will be available starting on May 31st. If you would like any assistance or you're looking for a quote for a vacation to Walt Disney World in 2023, I would ask you to consider using me as your travel advisor. Contact me directly at magical underscore Matthew. At Outlook.com, and let's get working on that dream vacation you've been looking forward to. Until next week, my friends.
1: PTFN, cut off for now. <laughs>